0: Hello, Jake, Scott, and Tim Lacombe. How are you?
1: Hi, David. Uh, you and Boone are going to take off your shirts and throw them to a lucky fan?
0: Um, they
2: don't want to see these bodies. <laughs>
0: you know, I used to do the Game Note giveaway and because uh, I was like my version of Donovan's shoes. But I was told by a former boss that that was stupid and shouldn't be done anymore.
3: No. Well, I, I was thinking you could maybe do it while the music's still going, too, you know?
0: Well, I was going to just dance.
3: Okay. <laughs> that, works. that works. Will you I video mean, like,
1: that, though, and send it our way if that happens?
3: Uh, no. I, yes. I bet
1: you yes. will not. <laughs> Ron will. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Ron. No. <laughs> oh, man. Good call tonight, guys. Uh, that was fun to down. be back at it. Yeah. I was all
0: fired up before the game. Obviously got a little slow as time went on. And a bunch of guys getting an opportunity you won't see again, which is fun. And I thought Tim really had a good point. I have to, uh, just to Jazz just looked like they were way sped up. And, Tim, my memory... Was it that, that happened last year, early in the year, the Jazz wanted to shoot all these quick and early threes, and had either a preseason or a regular season game early in the year where they lost really badly, and it was like, "Oh no, that strategy is not going to work." Yeah, and then it, it seemed to work okay.
3: There's a there's a lot, as you guys know, you know this better than than we do because you've you sat through practices and shoot-arounds, But there's a lot going through these guys' head right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to remember. And what, what's crazy is you, you focus so much on that that you forget just the instinctual stuff. And I think Ron could probably speak to that, but I remember guys coming into my office early in years and saying, just doesn't feel right there out there. I feel sped up. And I think that's just part of it um, And new faces. And, and certainly I, I started everything I was going to say at halftime by remember Rudy's not out there. I mean, Rudy is kind of the, he, he's the fix it guy, you know, makes all the shots difficult for the other team. And, and frees everybody up on the offensive side to do what they do. So, um, you know, playing without him after playing with him is a really difficult thing. And so um, I think you got to take all that with a grain of salt.
2: And we're seeing everything that, that Quinn talked about here before the ball game is about the young players speeding up and, and playing in a hurry and, and, you know, that type of thing. That does affect the way you're, you're – the outcome of, of your offense for the most part. Uh, and plays into the hands probably of the defense, especially a team that wants to play real fast and shoot quick and, and shoot quick shots. So, uh, Jason, they'll be just okay. You know, and, and, and they'll uh, and be better Tim, than and, just OK. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I mean is they're they're <laughs> OK right tonight. now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're OK right now. That's what I mean. He's, gonna be easy, like, David, he's said... already
3: on alert. <laughs> Ron, game Ron, right, like, I but saw that one
2: going across Twitter. What,
3: what I, I am, saw but like putting all of
0: it, Ron Boone said tonight the Jazz are going to be just <laughs> OK. Not just OK.
2: But what they what, what I am saying, though, is and, and, and I thought I saw this tonight. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong there, Tim McComb. But I thought that the offense of the San Antonio Spurs was a little bit ahead of the Jazz offense, and maybe that was because of they were able to speed the Jazz, especially the young players, speed them up.
3: Well, yeah, I think that's a byproduct, too, of, you know, uh, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, some of these guys, like Primo, was, he played way better tonight than he did in any of the games in Summer League. Yeah, they were screaming, right? Primo, Primo. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and I was laughing. I was that. I was chuckling because we've been right there. I've been right there, you know, and you said it best, David, during the broadcast. Sometimes, you know, all that stuff that, that he did really well stood out. But the minute you're saying he's making a basket, somebody's scoring on him on the other end. So, uh, you know, everybody in the game's got something to work on. But, um, yeah, this, is, uh, it, this, this season should be, should be really fun. And I think, uh, you know, the, the Jazz did a nice job of addressing a few areas that I think they, they needed to. And uh, it would be exciting when we get everybody out there doing their thing.
0: You know, the thing I think that's so interesting to me watching this game and just kind of the whole I talked about a little bit during the just the various tiers. Right. Like there's the college game and then there's so you play the college game and then you play summer league and then there's the G League and there's the European game. And like it's probably in that order. Like and then you get here against these like Udoka doesn't actually look big on the, that big on the floor here. Like well, when, we saw uh, well,
2: that this morning. Like when Whiteside
0: and Gobert are standing next to Odoka Bouquet, he just doesn't look that big. Like, in college and in summer league, he looks like, like he's a monster. Like he's like, right? Like, it's incredible. So it's just to me, like, it's not, this is not a criticism in any way, shape, or form of any of the, the it's an admiration for the just unbelievable talent And what it takes. So, like, when you draft a guy like Jared Butler in the 40th or Primo at 18 years old or even Samanich at 18 years old now you're three years later and and your fans get all excited, I get it because it's hope and and that, like, works. But, like, actually getting those players to be able to contribute and be regular rotation players, like, almost never early in their career on good teams, right? Like, if you just think about the last, like, team, if you look, if you think of the last – like, four to eight teams in the NBA last year. Like, I hate to say this, but other than Terrence Mann, you're going to have a really hard time finding a young player that had an impact on the playoffs last year. Like, what Donovan did is truly unheard of.
3: Yeah, absolutely. When he was a rookie. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, And I think that that's the, you know, these are all, I guess, to, devour, to, to borrow a developer's phrase. I learned this when I got back into corporate America, but this is the sandbox now. You know, they're they're developing right now. They're putting everything together. And Quinn went into this game with a plan. Um, and you know, that's that's the fun part of this is all of these things will lead up to, you know, the, the season. And then, as we know now, um, you know, their the focus for this team really is how can we get at our best in the postseason. Um, and, and that'll be the journey.
0: So all good. Congratulations to Josh Primo for a night that will have fans, fans, yeah, we're, we're and podcasters going bananas. I hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, night one in the books. Fantastic work, and uh, hey, have a safe travels, and we'll catch you on Wednesday.
0: Our pleasure. We look forward to it. All Take right. care, guys.
1: One eleven to eighty five is your final. Tim and I, Tim and I, breaking it down next. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. one eleven eighty five 85 is your final Jazz fall in preseason game number one to the San Antonio Spurs. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. And Coach, uh, you know, the Jazz, it was a little bit clunky out there, but uh, you got to remind yourself they were missing some players. And, in fact, this is preseason game number one. And uh, I don't expect San Antonio necessarily to be a good team this year, and I certainly don't expect the Jazz to be a bad team.
3: No, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of things that go into this. I think the, the story of the night really in my mind was both teams really had a hard time for the majority of that first half finding any kind of positive rhythm. Um, you know, I've been a part of many a game where you almost want to check the basketball and make sure it's not overinflated because the ball's flying all over. Nobody's making any shots. And, you know, it just kind of had a frantic feel to it. It slowed down and guys started to execute a little better in the second half. Um, but I, I do believe the, you know, the things that we knew about this team are still the things we know and and certainly nothing changes you know, with a game like that. No,
1: I, I don't think so either. We saw a lot of the young players get some really good minutes, particularly there in the second half. The jazz were led by Jared Butler making his debut, sixteen points, six of fifteen shooting. And uh, uh, one for five from three. Ended up playing a really good night. Took him a minute to get going. But I think you saw at least a little bit of why the Jazz were so excited about getting him in the second round of the draft.
3: Yeah, there's no question. There were, there were a lot of, of things that ne- maybe don't stand out totally in the box score. Um, you know, being able to influence on the defensive end, uh, the driving line of a defender being really physical on cuts, things like that, you know, that stood out to me. And that's what you're going to get with a guy. Um, like jared butler i feel like the um you know overall the jazz you know, the one thing is in the box score that is still true to this day is jordan clarkson played 15 minutes took 12 shots <laughs> <laughs> and, and he made three threes you know because if you give him shots he is going to score um, so he came into the game when he came in the jazz had really not broken uh i don't think anybody had made a shot from three he came in uh, and kind of broke that so uh, you know, just nice to see everybody get out there, get a run, see some of the new faces, see some of the things that they can do. Um, you know, it just uh, it helps to kind of paint a picture of where the Jazz are right now.
1: You know, speaking of shots, I'm pretty impressed that Donovan Mitchell was able to get up 19 shots in 22 minutes, five of 19 for uh, for 10 points. But you know, he he
3: got out there and got his work in. No, he did. He um, just he's one that couldn't get one to fall. He was 0 for six from three. Um, you know, just didn't feel like he was in a great shooting rhythm tonight, but I love the fact that he's out there getting them up. One thing I did make a note of, I really liked, uh, Donovan felt like he had really worked on his pace and ball screens. Uh, it was just kind of a little thing, but watching him, uh, you just see education of playing year after year, getting, uh, that defender where you want them and then coming off and playing at a good pace really did some good things in the ball screen. I thought. All right, with
1: that we will say, <clears throat> excuse me, good night to our uh, network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Wednesday night. The Jazz will be in Dallas, taking on the Mavericks. Tip off will be uh, a little after six thirty, and of course you'll hear it all here on the Jazz Radio Network. Your final one eleven eighty five. Jazz fall to the Spurs. For those of you sticking around with us, Coach and I will continue to break this one down next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>
0: and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Postgame Show. Ingles underhand, scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Oh.
1: Jazz game night, post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post-game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, Jazz lose to the Spurs, 111 in preseason game number one and uh, coach we'll hear from coach Quinn Snyder, uh, as well as Donovan Mitchell and other players coming up a little bit later on in the show. I'm kind of curious to hear, uh, what kind of, uh, thoughts we get from coach Snyder. Cause certainly it's tough to get too worked up about
3: a preseason game, but at the same time, uh, there's certainly uh, a lot to work on for this jazz team. There's a lot to work on. And right now is, you know, as a coach, you're, you know, there's so many thoughts going through your head. Um, you know, I think that the the obvious piece of tonight was, you know, the, the absence of Rudy not being able to play Rudy uh, Gobert tonight. Uh, I think everything, you know, the Jazz, I would say the Jazz as good as Donovan are. They really are built um, around what Gobert does defensively and his ball screening, rolling, uh, and, and freeing guys up off the ball with down screens and things like that. Um, you know, it's a huge thing that we talk about all the time, but I think what you saw tonight was – what it looks like when he's not out there. And so uh, that's, that's gotta be a part of the way he weighs and looks at this. Uh, I think there's going to be some things he's going to, he's going to be impressed with. I think, um, you know, after the, the initial part and the frustration and the shots not falling, the, the, the team started to be a little, look a little bit more organized, got some things to work for him in the second half, um, you know, and so, so yeah, I think it's a balance of, you know, here's what reality is, you know, with everything, all put together, here's where we were tonight, and what's the delta right now, and how do we, how do we bridge that gap? The ga- the the game film will be invaluable, though. He'll be able to sit down, and instead of just talking in practice, you know, this is real real time stuff that he can sit, They can sit down with each guy and kind of show them where they can clean things up.
1: What'd you think? I mean, speaking of the absence of uh, of Rudy Gobert, what'd you think about the debut from Hassan Whiteside? 14 minutes. He was two of five from the field, two of five from the line. He had six points. 10 rebounds and one block shot and and throw Doke in there too who who played 25 minutes tonight and four points eight boards had a block and an impressive five fouls but uh, let's talk about the big position uh with no Rudy tonight.
3: Well I think you know without Rudy uh, you know y- you would certainly say we we've, we've got to, we've got to get better but with Rudy I think you're looking at you know Hassan Whiteside and I think you made you made this in the pregame this comment Jake you talked about you know give us everything you got for 12 to 14, 15, if it's going really good, maybe 20 minutes. Um, and I think you can look at both Hassan and Doak in in that vein. I think there's a place on this team. There's a lot of minutes when Rudy, you know, isn't playing. And I think that the way this team's structured this year, perhaps him playing, the number of minutes he played last year will be less important because they maybe uh, will have the ability to kind of have a presence out there defensively, offensively. And so it's a, You know, like you said, it's a work in progress. Whiteside did some really good things. He struggled in some areas, too. um, But the more reps he can get and the more live reps he can get in games, you know, it's certainly going to help his cause.
1: And familiarity with his teammates and all those fun things, too, that that make an impact. And by the way, um, Whiteside, with his 10 rebounds, is your master of the glass tonight. Say, uh, Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. They're here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. SafeLight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And preseason game number one, I know it's early, and I know Rudy Gobert didn't play but I'm going to go ahead and predict that he will be this year's master of the glass. I I know that's
3: going out there, coach, out there on a big limb, but that's where I am. I think you're safe. You think I'm going to be yeah. all right? Yeah. I, I what do they say? Um, I approve that message. Yeah. I approve that message, Jake.
1: Although you hope with uh, you know uh, Whiteside and Pascal, uh, you'd you'd add a little bit of rebounding there. Uh, Royce O'Neal certainly is is somebody who has rebounded above his. Uh, above his pay grade, his, uh, pay grade <laughs> for a couple of years now. So maybe they'll give Rudy a run for his money. I'm I'm trying to remember how many games last year that Rudy was not our master of the glass. I mean, it had to be like five or six. It was, yeah, it was yeah. a handful it of times. It was just a handful. Rudy was just so good rebounding the basketball last year. You know, the way the season ended, you just forget how many special performances there were last year. Certainly Rudy was extremely uh, special all year long. I thought his best year of his career Maybe that's going out on a limb. I don't know. I thought uh, it seemed that way to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Tonight's master of the glass, though, Hassan Whiteside. And we did get a little glimpse of, of maybe what the big position is going to look like when Rudy goes off the floor this year. And and that, those are extraordinarily impactful minutes. And going back to two years ago when Tony Bradley was the backup big, I mean, he, Rudy couldn't leave the floor in the playoffs, if you remember. So bringing in Whiteside, Uh, to solidify that backup position. You can certainly see why uh, that would be interesting to them.
3: Yeah, he he does all those things naturally. He protects the rim, does a pretty good job of moving his feet, runs the floor, and um, most importantly, rebounds the basketball. And for a team to be successful, you know, the way the Jazz play, they're going to need that piece. Um, So the more like the first guy, you can get the second guy. That certainly helps with scheme and everything else. So, yeah, I, I was I was impressed with with what I saw in in the short time we saw Hassan Whiteside. Well, and then
1: of course you bring in Rudy Gay and those uh, minutes when when maybe the other team goes small on you and you want to you know, give Rudy a breather and go a different direction and match out what the other team's doing. I think uh, that was the idea to to add him, someone that can come in and guard multiple positions and, and go a little bit smaller to adjust.
3: Yeah, I had so many people last year saying, asking me why the Jazz, you know, didn't match the Clippers. And, um, you know, it's the the only response I could give them is they really didn't have, they weren't built for that. You know, they, that last year's team. Um, if Rudy wasn't on the floor, it was Derek and there wasn't really much anything else. And I I do feel like, yeah, this year, Jake, they have a a lineup or several lineups that they can play to try to kind of counter. If a team does something like that goes small on them. All right. It's time to go back down to San Antonio
1: and hear from jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder.
4: I mean, I, I think we saw some of the same things we've been talking about, you know, he plays with poise, um. You know, I thought we all were a little fatigued at certain times. And when you're fatigued, um, it shows in, you know, in in parts of the possession, whether it's, you know, sprinting back and getting shifted, you know, so they see more of a crowd around the possession. But, you know, Jared's shown his ability to not just put the ball in the basket, but to make plays for other people.
5: How valuable is it for a guy like Jared
4: to be on a team with someone like Mike Yeah. You know, it's tremendously valuable. You know, you can see Mike talking about a out of timeouts, Donovan talking about out of timeouts. We've got guys that you know that like to communicate and they're trying to help those younger guys get better. Rudy's talking this on, you know, and that that's a big part of those younger players and their newer players to, you know, to develop. Um, you know, it takes some time to kind of get a feel for a system and the way a team plays and playing with other people and to the extent that, you know, the guys on the team are encouraging them in those things. It's good. How about just real quick?
6: Uh, what about Eric Pascal, Another kind of new player that, uh, how did you think? he Yeah.
4: Shot? I, you know, I thought Eric took, took good shots, you know, and um, I also thought he got into the lane and, and, you know, made some good plays for his teammates when he got in there. Um, and it's good to see a guy play with passion. You know, I think that's, you know, he's got a lot of pride in, in how he plays. And um was happy with uh, how he competed too.
5: Okay, we'll okay. go to Zoom. One more, I'm sorry, one Zoom. Guys you got, me. Uh one from Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Seca, That'll be it.
7: Okay. Overall, just with it being, you know, your first preseason game, are you happy with the amount of minutes that you know the guys were able to play? And do you think that's gonna
4: be a benefit moving forward as far as players like Donna? I mean, sorry, as far as Jared and Eric. You know, anytime guys get a chance to get their feet wet, you know, in Jared's case, you know, as a rookie in Eric's case is, you know, a new player with our team. um, I think those minutes, you know, serve to provide some continuity and and understand some of the things that that we're trying to do. Um, Our execution, you know, in general needs to be better. Um, You know, that's, again, I think not to write it off on a first preseason game, but I I didn't think we were as sharp as we needed to be, particularly with our spacing. So much of what we do depends on the precision of our spacing. You know, you guys have heard that from me for a while and the reason I say it is because it's true. All right. Thank you. Okay.
1: There you go. Jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder, coach Lacombe. What'd you think about what coach Snyder had to say?
3: I I liked his walk off right there. Um, You know, the spacing is a huge element of this offense. And I think, um, you know some of the this getting sped up or the defense being able to affect you. Uh, you know some of that is spacing. If you're on top of each other, if you're not in the exact right spots. And, and Coach Snyder, I remember the first of last year when the Jazz got off to a tough start. I think we're four and four after eight games, and he talked to uh, you know ad nauseum about spacing, spacing, spacing. Um, I had an opportunity during that stretch to talk to to Alex Jensen. And Alex is like, man, I'm telling you, it is a really big deal for us. Everybody's where they need to be. Um, It really opens up driving lanes, and it really does allow a defender to have to make a decision instead of being able to play two guys. So uh, that spacing stuff, we're going to hear a lot about it, particularly early in the season, because the Jazz do require that precise spacing to be able to attack, as he talks about all the time, get a piece of the paint, kick out for threes. Um, if guys are on top of each other or if the spacing isn't great, you do get, ten- you, you tend to get sped up.
1: Post game show brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each have, has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz Fall to the San Antonio Spurs, 111-85. to 85. We'll get you sound from the players coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post-game brought to you by our friends of Mark Miller, Suru. Featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, Jazz Fall to the Spurs, 111 to 85. And uh, we will get you some sound uh, from the locker room coming up here momentarily. But, Coach, let's get to uh, tonight's Points in the Paint, brought to you by Surta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's certa with a C. We do painting. You do life. Um, how about that? They changed the tagline. I did that from memory, Tim. Apologies to the good folks at certapro uh, because they changed it up on me a little bit. Let me mm. try that again. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's certa with a C. SERTA Pro painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Well, they got a twofer. They got a twofer there. I, and they
3: deserve a twofer. They, they've, they've been had, with us for some time. They
1: have for a long time. I, I apologize for having that read memorized. I'm going to I'm gonna have to adjust things a little bit. Uh, I, I, it
3: sounded perfect to me because <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. And I do believe you were dead on, but well, they, they changed the script. We're excited
1: that the good folks are, uh, from Serta Pro Painting are, uh, are back with us again this year. 44-42, to 42, Jazz outscored uh, by San Antonio in the paint tonight.
3: Yeah, this game, um, you know, the points in the paint stat is always an interesting one. Doesn't tell much of the tale here. I think the uh, the tale in this game was just the both teams trying to get uh, get their season started, uh, get out of practice and play somebody else. And there was a lot of uh, offseason in that game. So, um, you know, the Jazz, uh, certainly some things that they can do better. But yeah, 44-42 points in the paint. Uh, and that number's probably changed A little bit with Rudolph. Oh yeah. Or Rudy Gobert, excuse me. We say Rudolph on behind closed doors. That's our that's our fun joke.
1: We have several nicknames. Shout out to our guy Ron Bruce Boone.
3: Ronald Bruce Boone. There you go. And he's he is definitely not listening.
1: No, he's not. So he's on
3: his way to the restaurant.
1: (laughs) All right, let's get back. Speaking of those guys being in San Antonio, let's get back to San Antonio. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media.
5: I saw you and Mike both talking to Jared Butler kind of in timeouts and different. This is kind of the first that we're seeing him in live action. What what did you see out of him tonight?
7: Um, very poised. You know, I think, you know, for it to be his first preseason game and, and, you know, obviously he was kind of attacking, you know, more so than being aggressive. And that's that's no problem. It kind of reminds me of my myself, my rookie year, kind of just being in attack mode. But now, you know, he's, he's, he's slowing down. He's making, you know, good reads as far as getting to the bucket. So I think the biggest thing now is, we're just trying to tell him, you know, finding ways to get teammates in, involved. And it's not a bad thing, you know, because at school he was he was the scorer, you know, and then he had Davion and, and uh, Macy over to kind of do it. So now it's kind of being able to do both. You know, I had to go through the same progression. Um, but I think for him, he, he looked good. He looked really good. And, you know, I think he's he's he's, he's going to make a, a huge jump once he starts figuring things out, the speed of the game, the pace and all that. But he's, he looked good.
5: We know how valuable Mike has been just in yeah. his short time here for you how valuable is it for a guy like Jared and a rookie season to have you and Mike on right.
7: the same team? Man, I think, you know, for us just passing down the knowledge, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is just as much as we can trying to help him become the best basketball player he can be, but also being the best basketball player he can be for our team as well. You know, I think, and that's, that's where we see us talking about situations and stuff that we see. And, you know, he's the thing about him is that he loves the information, he loves absorbing information and he's quick to ask questions and, doesn't act like he knows the answer he's willing to listen. And I think that's what makes it even better and even more fun for us to be able to go and talk and you know
6: critique him on certain things. When you see, you know, the way he runs pick and roll, the way, you know, search dribble, the way um he runs over pace, puts people in jail, you know, is that atypical for somebody of his age, or is that something that that you thought that he had in his bag from, from day one? Um I didn't know he had that to be
7: honest. Um I think, you know, the biggest thing that, I, like you said, the, the biggest thing that I saw is just his pace coming off, you know, being able to kind of manipulate the big and, and be able to manipulate the reads. And, you know, a lot of times his finishes, and he'll get better at finishes and getting angles. So those ones where he's getting blocked, you know, obviously he's not the tallest, so he has to do it a certain way. You know, similar to like my finishes in the second half where I'm going, making the angles post a little bit wider as opposed to going right at the big because he's seven feet. And he'll understand that, he'll get that. But to be, to be able to do that his first, like his first year, it's very
6: impressive, for sure. Just game wise, team-wise overall, what I mean, what was the biggest issue you saw
7: tonight that you'll get. Um, we tweaked a bunch of things in our offense. Um, I'll start with offense, I go defense, but offensively we tweaked a bunch of things. Not I wouldn't say a bunch of things, but we tweaked a few things. And I think just being able to think instinctively, um, guys learning stuff, but then also spacing. That's really it. You know, there there are times where we're not spaced, we're really not sure. We're kind of figuring stuff out. And I think once we get more comfortable with each other and comfortable within the system, we'll be we'll be fine as, as a group, especially with, you know, at that point Eli starting his first game and signs out there not necessarily sure. And it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, it comes with it and it's going to, that's the part of our system is going to grow. But, you know, I think that's the biggest thing offensively is just understanding where to be kind of doing things and making, and then we're a read-based offense. And if you don't know, know necessarily know all the reads at one spot, you know, it take, takes a while to kind of get used to it. So we'll be good as far as that goes. And we shot, shoot. Like 30%, I went 5-19. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's we, we didn't make shots, you know, and that, that happens, you know, and it's not, it's the first preseason game. We'll get better and we'll evolve. But defensively, I think the biggest thing is all, they started, getting. You know, I think they had 20 offensive rebounds in the first, 20 rebounds, I should say, in the first quarter, seven of them offensive. Um, and I think for us being able to get them off the glass, we didn't run. You know, that limits our transition when we get a lot of our threes, a lot of our shots, and um, that changed the game, and then just contain the ball. But little things that we can adjust and tweak and, and fix. You want
5: to run? We've got one on two on Zoom. Sorry, we'll
7: hold up. We're gonna right, uh, start with Ryan at eTadJazz.com. Hey Dom, how you doing, man? How you doing? Good, good. So just based on one ask, how good does it feel just to be back playing again? Just you know, after the offseason, all the questions about you know the playoff exit. Just is it nice to be back just playing again and just being with your teammates? Yeah, I think you know. It's just freeing, you know. You're coming out there and and, and kind of, like I said, learning guys. To, to, especially with the way we started with Hassan, like trying to figure out Hassan, trying to figure out Eli. Like Eli's getting a chance to play and improve himself. And I've been, I think we all been really impressed with the way Eli's played and his, his growth from year one to year two. Um, to be able to play with everybody as a group, learning things and continuing to grow, I think is you what know, makes this group fun. You know, we're gonna take this and then take the film and be ready for 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 Dallas. But it's just good to be back. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and on top of that, it's good to be back with fans. Like kind of right there, you know, I think that's, like, even it's weird, like, we were down, but, like, the fact that t- fans are kind of rooting against you in that in that sense, it's just like, you know, that you missed that, you know, we had that in the playoffs towards the end of the year, but it's not like that in every arena, or wasn't last year, so to kind of have that, I think that's what's most fun for me, you know, being able to kind of play in an away arena, because we all know what Vivian's like, uh, <laughs> especially come playoff time, so being able to have the crowd against you, I think was, was pretty fun as well. Alright, and one
5: last question,
7: Eric Walden. Hey, Don, good to see you. Uh, so you were talking about things that like you and Mike can knowledge that you guys can pass down to Jared. Uh, can you expand on that just a little bit? Like I assume that there are things that are like kind of general to all rookies coming into the system and then things that are specific to his game as well. Just what are some of those things that you're, you're specifically helping him out with? I think the the first thing I told him was, you know, being his, his angles, you know um, and I, I referenced that earlier, you know, there was two, I think two or three times you got a shot block, you know, and, um, you know, as opposed to you coming off the pick and roll and you want to, you want to sneak it or cut back, you know, instead of going at the rim, go wider, you know, being able to get that touch shot, like him and I, we've worked, we worked on it a few times, but the reps, that's all it is is reps and getting used to going this way and kind of creating that pocket. So if I want to hit the big, it's there. If I want to throw a lob, it's there and him and I are small, him and Mike are small. So we need that little bit of extra room. You know, it's different than like a Joe, uh a joe angles or like a yeah where they can get it and throw it over to the top you know we're we're six one six two and, and whatnot so we got to be able to get that space and create that gap but also recreate that gap to finish you know and then i also told them, you know understanding that the low man is going to come over and help every time every time you snake it and come back they don't want the big in the lob so that corner guy is going to be wide open so if you can if you can learn to attack and the pick and roll not think pass you know because if you think pass that's where the turnover is coming you're not being aggressive Understand getting into the paint, but also know that they're they're kind of helping uh they're helping on the weak side to be able to find that pass and you know just in that in itself is a lot to kind of throw at him but he's the type of kid that I feel like you can kind of say all those different things and he's able to pick it up quickly but that's just that's one example uh being able to find that because he's able to get there but there's certain times where you know his shot wouldn't get blocked in college because you know it's it's different you know but now you got bigs who understand understand how manipulate the guard as well as us trying to manipulate the big.
1: That's Donovan Mitchell, uh, right there. And Donovan tonight played twenty-two minutes. He had ten points, five of nineteen shooting. Oh, of six from three. And you heard him talk about how you know some of those shots just weren't falling. One, one thing I thought was interesting. Uh, he talked about the tweaks to the offense. Not, not major changes, but tweaks. That's something we're going to have to keep an eye on going forward.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to study that. I, I was not able to catch too many tweaks tonight because everything was a little tweaked out. Right, uh, the way they. The, the pace of the game and everything was crazy, but I think that's a, a you know, a nice interview there. Donovan always really gets into uh, some cool details tonight. He was talking about how, you know, is you're driving that basketball in this offense. If you are thinking pass, you're probably thinking wrong. I mean, if you come off that, you've got to take the opportunity. And if the big's going to, tr- or, or a weak side guy is going to try to play two, you really need to punish him And, So uh, there is a fine art in coming off ball screens, making the right decision. Uh, And he talked about how many decisions there are and how sophisticated defenses can be and how it's so important to be able to drill that over and over again so you make the right play. And that's kind of some of the things that are going through a guy like Jared Butler's head as he comes off. You know, He's trying to make the right plays, trying to impress. um, But you just, and I talked about this at halftime, you have to let your instinct take over. Um, and your instinct is go until I'm stopped, um, and so they're just little things like that. But I love listening to Donovan talk about the game.
1: You know, uh, kind of on that note, it's interesting to hear him talk about younger players. You know, he talked a lot about Jared Butler. He talked about Elijah Hughes and some other younger players, and really gave a solid breakdown of their game. And you could you could almost hear Donovan, you know, using those words when talking to them or or or, uh, or whatever, which is is so refreshing. Because usually I feel like we'd get players going, Yeah, he played well. Next question. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. good solid debut no, exactly. for Jared. Next question. You know, and, and Donovan really gives well thought out answers into what's going on in the games of his teammates and the younger players and what they need to do. And you heard him talk about, you know, throwing passes and, and making shots, even though you're a smaller player. And that may be the first time I've ever heard Donovan Admit that he's not 6'3". He's joked about it yeah, before. he kind of put but, himself but in the did. Conley he category. He, he absolutely did. did do that, and I've never heard him do that before. But uh, it's interesting to him hear get, hear him. Excuse me, give those well thought out answers about how his younger teammates are playing.
3: Well, he's a cerebral guy. You know, I think that's one of the pieces. Is the Jazz brought him in, worked him out. Um, you know, he's social. You know, he, he the story they D- David and Ron told about. You know, he's taking his shoes off, giving them to Jazz fans. Um, this guy's really invested in this, uh, and and this is really important to him. And I think that that's why, um, you know, his comments after a game, rather than just giving a pat answer, he he really is always thinking the game and thinking about how he can, he personally can improve. There's a lot of, you know, the season is back. Uh, the Jazz have a lot of good post-game interviews. When Boyan gets on there sometimes <laughs> and Joe, and then they start – in fighting, you know, while it's it's good stuff. Well, Stick with us cuz you'll enjoy it. And Jordan Clarkson might be the best. Oh, I love him.
1: Out of an all-star team of post-game interviewers cuz Rudy's really good too. Jordan
3: might be might be my favorite. He's never phased. No. He's and, and he started the whole tears for fears craze last year. Yes, he did. That's you right. Know, that was on his that was on cool. his listening uh device of choice. All right, uh Rookie uh, Jared
1: Butler made his debut tonight. Tim uh, led the team in scoring with 16 points. Really had a nice second half. Let's excuse me. Go back to San Antonio and hear from
8: Jared
2: Butler. Well, what was that? That
8: difference? For you? Yeah, that was exactly what it was. Just getting a little more comfortable. Um, you know, it's first time playing an NBA game. There's a lot of emotions and stuff like that. Um, I played a national championship game, so I wasn't nervous. Just trying to get comfortable. Uh, that's what it was. People
5: talk a lot about. The pace the speed how everyone's bigger and stronger in the mm-hmm. nba you feel that right away
8: yeah and uh just the pace of the game of how many points scored is just like non-stop there's no like i don't know it's it's, it's definitely faster and um uh, yeah it's, it's fun though really fun
5: how valuable is it to you to be able to have guys like mike conley and Donovan mitchell in front of you to
8: learn from in your rookie year oh it's so um just so thankful because you know, those guys have been in the league, uh, Mike longer than than Don, but I'm watching Mike still do it. You know, he's doing his same old boring habits, and it's um just amazing to see. And then Donovan, how he just um, you know, takes me under his wing working out before practice, stuff like that. Like it's um it's it's really I'm just really thankful for it, to be honest.
6: Were you uh surprised uh a little uh by just you know, long arms, quickness, Murray. Um, then you know, Derek White. So, <laughs> you know, NBA level rotation starting guards. I mean, what was what was that like? For
8: you? Yeah, um, Dejounte. Um, he definitely tried me a couple of times. Like when I was driving he was just you know. But um, yeah, it's it's faster. But um, yeah, it, without a doubt, it's faster. But um, I, I think I'm I'm getting adjusted to it. I, I get adjusted to very fairly quickly. Um, but um, yeah, you're right on the head.
6: So we were just talking to Donovan who said, Hey, you know, on some of those shots where you got blocked, maybe he wants you to go a little bit wider on that play to kind of do his scoop lay up from yeah. the up. Right. I'm kind of curious, like how, what kind of, how big of an adjustment is that for you to try to do? And, you know, you're a guy who can get where you want on the floor, but to go a couple feet wider and kind of make that, that a more difficult play to defend.
8: I think it just depends on the type of person you are. Um, can you handle criticism and can you handle like being able to, like hear what he's saying, but like actually visualize what he's what he's saying and, and uh, replicate it on the court. Um, and for me, I'm 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 a fairly fast learner. And um, you know, when he Donovan tells you something, I'm like, all right, bet. Like if, if it works for him, I'm working for me. So uh, yeah, I think it's just the type of person you are. Here. Okay, we have
5: one on Zoom. Big Hatch, go ahead.
8: Yeah, just kind of wanted to get your initial assessment of your first NBA action. I know you've been practicing with the team and played. Uh, you didn't play summer league, but what was your first experience with NBA action like? I, I played an okay game. I think I played like a six out of 10. Um, but, you know, it's just the way the the dice rolls, the way the cookie crumbles. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, yeah, I, I'm giving myself a six, Let's See.
1: There you go, Jared Butler. After making his NBA debut uh, tonight, uh, twenty points, or excuse me, twenty minutes, six of fifteen shooting, one of five from three, three of four from the line, sixteen points, two assists, and two steals.
3: A lot of things that I saw in Butler's game uh, that translate. You know, he, he can handle the physicality. Um, you know, he he's got a great handle, uh, and he definitely you know can take a bump and still get the ball where it needs to go defensively I think he could be he could be a guy that kind of comes in and changes the rhythm um you know kind of like Jordan Clarkson did on the offensive side but you know Butler could be the type of guy you you have come in the game for a few minutes here and there and really just dog uh someone on the other team you know we saw last year when the Jazz played somebody like Trey Young and they just face guarded and hounded him and that was a Mike Conley thing for the majority of the time but but Butler's got the ability to do that and then um, you know, I think he sounds to like a really, really humble guy that just wants to learn and to be able to have a, the resource of Mike Conley in his years in the league playing that position and a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, is a superstar, just a budding superstar that, uh, you know, that that is a real advantage that Butler has to be able to play alongside those guys.
1: Coming up next, we'll get you more sound from the locker room post game brought by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from uh, real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are uh, diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. That's mysubaruis.com. Jazz fall tonight, the Spurs 111 to 85. We'll have more sound for you next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz yeah, game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jake Scott, Coach Tim LaCombe with you. Jazz fall tonight to the Spurs 111 to 85 in San Antonio. Coach game, the Jazz only shot 31.7% from the field. Uh, they were 10 of 43 from three. Excuse me, for 23.3%, led by Jared Butler, who we heard from in the last segment with 16 points. Donovan Mitchell uh, added 10. But um, I believe Boone said this during the broadcast the total number of threes attempted, good, 43. Total number of threes made, 10, not so good. Woof,
3: as Woof. Scott would say.
1: <laughs> not good at all. But that's going to come around. And, they, you know, they were missing Boyan and Joe Ingles and, you know, some guys that know and even Rudy Gay, for that matter, how to uh, sink a three. So uh, don't expect that to be the norm. But tonight, attempts good, makes not so much.
3: Yeah, and I think that the thing that is more important to, to Coach Snyder is the fact that they, they played up-tempo, they took the shots, didn't make them, like you said, but to get 43, that's where they want to be. That was the number right around forty. Between 40-43 is where they wanted to be, uh, and we've seen them play like that and play really well. So, yeah, I think you got to throw out tonight as, again, I think the ball might have been overinflated or something. That's what I always think when the ball bounces around like it did. Yeah, they're cheating,
1: obviously. Yeah, I agree.
3: Tom Brady. Yeah, they got Tom Brady's guy down there. He was down there. He actually just got traded to the Spurs, (laughs) and he's inflating the basketballs.
1: Let's get some more sound from the locker room. Let's go back to San Antonio. And hear from Hassan Whiteside.
5: What do you see as like, oh, okay, that's something I've got to maybe read a little bit better? What are you feeling like came naturally to you with the
9: team? Um, I think like uh Jordan Clarkson setting a pick and roll with him, um, setting a pick with Mike, mm, even Don getting him to his right hand more. Um, just different things like that. Just um just figuring out what God's like.
5: How lo- how long is that? because at your different stops how long does that process take to kind of adapt to understanding the spots that guys like their tendencies
9: um you know they they're making it easy you know i think they're making my um my transfer here as easy as possible you know um picking up the plays you know i learned probably five new plays today so just every down they, they bring bringing even they bring in new stuff um that guys that wasn't here even didn't know so um just picking that up and and reading what guys like to be
6: defensively, how
9: different is point system for you? Oh, it's a lot different. You know, I'm a little more at the rim. Uh, We invert. We invert. Um, I'm pretty much getting a corner guy, you know. Um, But I I like it. I like it. You know, I'm still working at it. You know, um, I think I could have been better at um, touching a guy when they ran the actions. Um, I think I switched a little too much. So, uh, they got like a lot of like a couple open dunks, but I think just a little more just stand, um stand with my man and at the rim. I think I'm gonna do that better next time.
6: What did you see out of you you guys, you know, just you know, on both ends of the floor um mm-hmm. throughout the first half when when a lot of the rotation guys were playing?
9: Um, you know, them guys was playing hard. You know, I, I think we got the looks that we wanted. Um we just missed the shots, you know. Um I think Mike missed like two or three wide open threes that I'm okay with. Um Don was getting it going. Um, we got a lot of new faces, so so that second half was like a big a big thing for us, you know, just getting them guys acclimated, getting the chance. I mean, you've played with a lot of good guards in your field, mm-hmm. right?
6: So, where does Jared Butler kind of rank as a rookie coming in, and kind of like where, you know, kind of, what is your initial impression of him?
9: Uh, he liked to score, you know, but I'm 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 telling him, you know, you gotta um just just when they're going over, they're going over so much, you can attack that big man, you know, and uh, that opens up a lot of things for you. Because when they're going over you so much, if I'm rolling, that that was bringing in that corner, man. And that corner is more open than you think it is, more open than it is in college because it's a bigger court. Uh, we have one on Zoom. You guys got in here? Okay, mm-hmm. we'll go to
5: Zoom now. We have two. Eric Walden, so interviewing. Hey
7: Hassan, you've told us a, a couple times now that you enjoy uh, playing in this system, that you've been looking forward to it. What is it, what is it about Quinn's defensive scheme that you enjoy playing in? What's uh, what's different about it, and what what challenges does it present to you?
9: Oh, it's different because um, they invert. Um, say like, I got uh, say I got the big man. He's at the top of the key, and um, it's another guy at the corner three. Um, as long as it ain't one pass, we kind of inverting and just, just keeping me around the rim more often, you know, um, that invert is just where I switch, I tell JC to go up and I come back and, um, I take the corner man so I can just be able to paint a little more, but it's also adjustment because just guarding, just guarding, um, just guarding the paint and, and jabbing and saying, we're okay with them guys shooting mid range jumpers, you know, um. A lot of times I want to kind of contest that or try to go for that block. But, um, I mean, that's what we pretty much want. We want them to, as long as I stay in front of the big man roller, we want them to take them contested jumpers. All
5: right, we have one last question.
9: Ryan from you.com. I mean, you guys are
7: about four key contributors tonight. How much stock do you guys put into a game like this? I mean, it's the first preseason game with a bunch of new guys. Where do you guys go from here now?
9: Um, you know, I think we watch film and we just we just critique different things, you know. I think we got something out of it. You know, I don't think we get too high or low on this game is um the guys that's gonna be playing during the season wasn't really out there as much. So we working with um a lot of new faces. But um I think I think it gave his coach a lot of time to see what's what and how guys like to play and just different things, the aspects like that.
1: All right, there you go. That's Hassan Whiteside who got a start tonight. Uh, Rudy Gobert did not play, getting a little extra rest after he played internationally over the offseason. Whiteside uh, tonight, Tim, 14 minutes, 2 of 5 from the field, 2 of 5 from the line, 6 points, 10 rebounds, and did add a block shot. And there's another Jazz player who's very descriptive, uh, very in-depth about uh, some of the things going on out there and some of the things he's getting
3: used to. Yeah. He talked about the scheme, you know, the scheme's a little bit different and we talked about that, you know, the jazz really do a great job of, of whatever the, the offense does. Rudy is always kind of around the rim and impacting there. And I think that's what Hassan's, you know, he, he's used to perhaps maybe following guys around, whereas the jazz are um, shortening down rotations for the big guy and allowing him to patrol, you know, the best they can, the paint and being a factor there again Nothing at the rim and no threes, you know, make them live in that mid range. And so it's uh, a couple of times Sasan stepped up maybe where he shouldn't have to contest a shot. And those are just things he's going to learn. But, yeah, I, I liked his insight, like the way he he talked about the game. Uh, and he made the point uh, of the night. He said, you know, the guys who are there's going to be some guys that didn't play tonight. They're going to have a, a really big impact on this team. And so um, take this for what it was. It was an opportunity for these guys to get out and start uh, the progress of a season.
1: I think you make a really interesting point about the role of the big on the Jazz. They've created such a you know important, impactful role for Rudy Gobert and let him range. And we've seen it, you know, him defend the pick and roll and defend two guys. And really, he's he's the Jazz best on the ball defender, which is kind of weird to think about because usually. Well, centers, you, you would not necessarily say that yet. We see it over and over again. So, of course, Hassan steps into a role like that for a big, which isn't necessarily the norm in the NBA. And, of course, there would be a couple things he needs to, to get adjusted to, and the Jazz would much rather give up that. He, you heard him say it. He, you know, contested those mid-range shots, as you said, and gave up a couple of dunks, and he's you just have to figure that out.
3: Well, it's, yeah, it's just it's progression. It's him learning the scheme. Um, I'm telling you the, the people that are really going to benefit from having three really similar centers, guys that score around the rim that can free people up, um, and defensively that impact the rim, it it makes everybody else's job easier because they can focus perimeter to perimeter when a big's involved, they're always going to guard it the same. And that wasn't always the case. You know, there were times last year where they would switch with favors at times and, um, so these guys have a much better understanding, and will have a much better understanding of coverages because the five man, for the most part, is, is very similar. Um, you know, albeit Rudy's Rudy's Rudy, but the other guys play uh, their play complements the way Rudy plays, so they can keep the scheme fairly constant.
1: One eleven eighty five is your final coming up right around the corner. We'll have your play of the game, and we'll get Coach Lacombe's. Final thoughts on this one. Till uh, and, and uh, we'll move on, of course, to preseason game number two coming up Wednesday night. Post game brought to you by uh, Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories for Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. dot com. One eleven eighty five is your final. We'll give our final thoughts coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network.
0: Butler to the front court. Butler jets into the lane. Lobs high for Azubuque. Packed it. A Duncan Doka.
1: All right, there's your play of the game right there. Our friend David Locke on the call. Uh, it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post game brought to you by our friends Mark Miller Subaru uh, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from uh, real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at uh, markmillersubaru.com. Jazz lose tonight, 111-285. Uh, and I'll tell you what, um, how did how did David put that uh, right there? A doka dunk? A dunk and doka. A dunk and doka? Oh, that was last year's uh, doka dunk. Uh, but uh, Azabuki was interesting tonight. You know, 25 minutes, four points, eight rebounds. He is still limited on the offensive side, and I think he's still learning his role. But he he has gotten better. I don't know if he played as well tonight as he did in the summer league, but
3: he's a player trying to put it together a little bit. One thing that if you just look at he and Whiteside's, sides, between the two of them, they had 18 rebounds. You know, so that's, that's a very, very positive thing. Uh, those are big guys that throw themselves around. Um, you know, I don't know that – beyond rolling and dunking, um, there's going to be much, or, or running the floor. You know, they, yeah. both these guys can run the floor, um, but that's where they're going to get most of their baskets. Their biggest impact is going to be cleaning up things around the rim and getting rebounds. So I think seeing both those guys, Dilk was not dominant like he was in summer league, but David made the point. This is a, a whole nother step. Yeah. Uh, but between he and, and Whiteside, 18 rebounds, I can live with that. I think that's a real positive on the night.
1: I kind of wonder how much we're going to see Doak with the Salt Lake Lake City Stars this year. You know, you think back to last year, and he gets drafted. He's extraordinarily raw. We weren't sure if there was going to be a G League season at all. They decided to do a a really truncated bubble type of thing uh, that only lasted a few weeks, and uh, Doak got hurt in game number one. And then... We saw him make a comeback and uh, was on the roster as the Jazz go in the playoffs and those sorts of things. But really, never had an opportunity to work it out. I wonder, uh, I wonder how much he's going to see with the Stars, and I, I would guess that that would be fairly beneficial for him, as he's just another one of those players I think needs needs time on the floor to develop who he's going to be.
3: There's no doubt the the combination of injury and then the uncertainty of last year, put you know it, it robbed him of a ton of experience. The the only way you get experience is being out there in a game on, on the floor, understanding uh, the concepts that you learn. So I would expect they will take full advantage of that, um, you know, to, to be able to, to be with the stars and get those reps. We've seen guys, you know, Tony Bradley, George Niang um, come up through that route. And I know the jazz do a great job of bringing those guys along that
1: way. Well, even Rudy, remember uh, played in the G league. I, I think the G League and the way that the Jazz have have been trying to use it over the past several years is is really going to be effective when it comes to developing players that you have interest in. And it's not to say that, you know, you, you grab a second rounder or an undrafted free agent, it's going to work out every time. But it, I, I believe it does allow you the, the luxury maybe to take a flyer on somebody or see a little potential and take a chance and then get the opportunity to get them experience. And maybe it works out and maybe it doesn't. But that's how you find guys like like the players you just listed, listed off there who turn into very effective, you know, rotational players, not only for the Jazz, but even we've seen them go elsewhere and, and make impacts uh, other places in the league.
3: Yeah, so it's one way that or, an organization can really stand out from another. You know, the way they develop and bring guys along, and that's all a game plan, right, that, that everybody's got to be in on. I feel like the Jazz do a great job of utilizing that as a real strength Um, and certainly guys like Elijah Hughes is another guy who he played tonight, played 25 minutes, um, you know, made uh, a couple of threes, but he's another guy who came out and didn't have that whole experience. So those guys are a little bit behind, but certainly do some things that you can say, see translate to the NBA floor.
1: So I wonder the, the big thing with Jared Butler who played very, very well tonight, um, well, I should say at times, he didn't get off to the best start, but really played well in the second half. I wonder if he's going to be able to battle himself into, I don't know if he'll get to full rotational player because the Jazz are are already quite deep. You know, maybe on nights when Mike Conley can't go or, or, you know, maybe he rests on the second night of back-to-backs or situations like that, you know, there'd be the opportunity for him to get into the rotation. So I wonder how much we'll see him... Play rotationally with the Jazz this year because we know they're very high on him and how much he will spend with the with the stars. Where he's still honing that, he's the interesting one for me. I I bet we see Doke with the stars a lot. I wonder about Butler.
3: Yeah, I think one uh, Butler's probably going to be used situationally. You know, if if the Jazz take a little bit more um, conservative approach to minutes and nights off and things like that, you know, Butler becomes that much more important because it's another guy. Who can go out on the floor and be a presence both offensively, uh, take care of the basketball, get guys in the right spots, and defensively, somebody that can guard you, you can kind of trust. It. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that the the way the Jazz use guys this year, the the you know a, guy, a Mike Conley, you know how many how hard is, are they really going to push him in the regular season? That will probably tell the tale of how much Butler's um, utilized. Maybe I am overreacting
1: to this, but only one turnover for Butler.
3: Nah, that's hard to do. That's hard to do with no defense. I mean, we, we yeah. used to turn the ball over all the time as skeleton, and it was, it was aggravating because there's nobody out there trying to stop you. Um, and so yeah, for to be out there that many minutes and only have one turnover, it does speak. he, he does have terrific ball handling ability.
1: All right, Coach Lacombe, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one uh, as the Jazz lose tonight, 111-85 to, to the Spurs.
3: Well, I think more than anything, just it was for me curiosity to see some of the guys that the Jazz have acquired, uh, what they're going to do with them and how they're going to play them. Um, and, and there are some clues. You know, uh, in in Coach Snyder's postgame, he talked about how he was proud of Eric Paschal tonight in his shot selection. You know, he took good shots. Um, you know, I know that – Pascal's a guy who <clears throat> they really do want to develop into a better three-point shooter, and he's going to be able to be a guy that's out there with guys that are talented and drive it and get him shots. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see some of the new faces in Jazz uniforms, see some of the, uh, you know, a guy like Donovan who didn't shoot the ball great, but was there for his teammates. I think it's just interesting to see a, a whole new version of the Jazz, um, you know, again, granted minus a big a couple big pieces in Gobert and um, in, in Bogdanovich, Gay, and, of course, um, Gobert. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely – or Ingles. Uh, it, it's definitely a, a work in progress, but I, I like what I see from from some of the new faces, and I think that this team will be deeper and a little bit more flexible than last year. All right, we want to say thank you, of course, to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a
1: great job. Calling all the action! Good to have those guys back on site and uh, able to uh, uh, bring us all the detail. That I those walked down often today do. to say hi to them, and they're, I forgot they're gone. They're they're long gone. They're they're traveling yeah. again. They're back on the road.
3: That I'm kind of glad it was you a know? fun year, though. It was fun to be able to do it, but it is nice to send them on their way. I was going to say they got on my nerves. They got on buddy. my last <laughs> nerve. <laughs> uh,
1: so we want to say thanks to those guys. Great work. Uh, uh, great job to Alex Lumber. Great to have you back, Lundy. Excited to uh, spend all these nights together, buddy. You do a great job, so
3: appreciate it. And, uh, of course, appreciate you,
1: Coach Lacombe.
3: Great to be back, man. Great to see you and... In, in... Thanks for dinner. I owe you for Wednesday. Hey, we'll we'll have many a delicious many dinner delicious tonight, dinner. I'm sure.
1: And a big thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of uh, the post game show. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owners' stories and share your own at Mark. Oh, excuse me, My Subaru Is. Your final score tonight, the Jazz lose in San Antonio, 111-85. Our next broadcast coming your way Wednesday night. The Jazz will be in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Tip-off will be at 6.30. Pre-game begins at 5.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.